We are here today to celebrate Pentecost Sunday and, and around that theme of you are not alone. Each and every one of us has some point in their lives, and I would venture to say some point in the last few months, felt isolated, left out, benched. Sir Winston Churchill once said of his own depression, that deepest of isolations, that it's a black dog always lurking. And it's in those moments that we need to hear these words. And not just hear them, but to really know them. You are not alone. And these words are all around us, right? They're all around us. You do a quick Google search and you will find that Michael Jackson sang a song about it. Uh, I just finished a book by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekanen entitled, You're Not Alone. Uh, the crisis text line uses it as their tagline, which is great. You are not alone. And even PBS did a special not too long ago about it. But they're more than just words on a page. There's something for us to inwardly digest and to actually know and to feel and to, to grapple with, to know that you are not alone. I had the privilege of going to New Orleans about a year after Hurricane Katrina came into the picture. And I spent some time with residents of the Lower Ninth Ward. And if you know that story, you know that the Lower Ninth Ward had a levee that was broke because a ship, a cargo ship, was let go and uh, off its dock and it, it crashed into the wall. And, and all of the homes, houses and homes of the Lower Ninth Ward were washed away. And I, I sat with Grandma Jean. Grandma Jean is a sweet dear lady. And sitting there, you knew that every word that she spoke was deliberate and every word she meant. And she told me the story of how she had made her way up to the roof as the waters were coming in quickly. And she had lost all hope. She felt very isolated. She could see other people on their roofs, but she had no way of getting to them or or even getting out of the situation. And just as all hope was lost and bleakness and darkness came over her, a hand was reached down from what she called a copter. And a young man grabbed her hand and lifted her to safety. And as she was telling me the story, Grandma Jean uh, got this far off look. And it was one where you know there, someone is pondering something deep. And I asked, well, what are you thinking about right now, Grandma Jean? She said, well, that, that nice young man in the copter and his words to me. I will never, ever forget those words. Well, what were they? What were they? She said, he lifted me into the, the copter, into the helicopter, and he said, ma'am, you're not alone. I got you. Each and every day, Grandma Jean knew exactly what those words meant to her. Ma'am, you're not alone. 
We face our own types of isolation. It, it may not be hurricane weather. It may not be a breach in a levee. But it might be the breaking of a dam and the flooding of homes. It might be civil unrest and things we just don't understand that are coming into our city and across our nation. It may be that we're left trying to figure out if it's okay to go out or come in or if we should wear a mask or we shouldn't or whatever the case may be. This virus, this pandemic has touched each and every one of us. It has touched our neighborhood. It's touched our community, our nation, and the world around us. So how are you coping? Far too often, we find ourselves leaning into the things that we know to cope with situations of feeling isolated and uncertain of what comes next. So we eat and sleep and work and work out and we drink. And don't get me wrong, those things in moderation help us find routine and normalcy and cope with the world around us. But once they become the thing that we have to have in order to make it to the next day, to the things that we have to have to put our hope in, they become an idol. One more Menards trip, world is going to be set right. One more Amazon box that I can track to my doorstep, and I'm going to feel like it's going to be okay. One more drink before I go to bed, and when I wake up, the world is going to be set right again. We have to admit that it's, it's easier for us to set up idols than we'd like to admit. To look at those things as the thing we have to have in order to find hope for tomorrow. However, there is hope. And they come in these words, you are not alone. You are not alone. Being connected to Jesus means that we know that there is love and forgiveness and hope in our lives. And Jesus, at the end of Matthew, before we get to today's story, he says this, Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You see, Jesus didn't just come and live his life and then disappear. But Jesus lived a life that was so pure that he could take sin, death, and defeat the devil for us. And then he rose again so that we knew all of his promises were true, those promises of love and forgiveness and that hope that that brings. And then he makes this promise, I am with you always to the very end of the age. What does that mean for us? That means that we are not alone. Jesus is 
here with us. He left the disciples in that physical, tangible way so that he could be here with each and every one of us. We are connected to Jesus, which means we are not alone. And that brings us up to the story of Pentecost. And we have to ask the question, so, so what? So what can we learn from these early Jesus followers who knew about their connection to Jesus, who also felt isolated and uncertain as what was to come? What can we learn about them? What can we learn from them as we look at not being alone in our own isolation, in our own uncertainties? Well, we have to think about the whole story. Because oftentimes we wouldn't necessarily see the disciples who are in that room together as feeling isolated and uncertain of what was to come. But the truth is, Jesus was with them, and then he wasn't. He had made a promise to send a helper, but the helper wasn't there yet. They were left on their own to try and figure these things out. Well, they weren't really left on their own because Jesus had left so he could be in many places, but they felt that isolation and uncertainty, right? They were huddled together. But what we see at Pentecost is that because the disciples were connected to Jesus, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? That means that they were strengthened through the community that they were in. They were ready for change that was about to happen. And they became witnesses for Christ through it all. All because they weren't alone. So let's take a a look at how that unfolds for the disciples and how that unfolding can speak into our lives today. As the story of Pentecost starts, we see that when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And yes, they were all together as in they were physically together. And trust me, I am looking forward to our time together in a couple weekends when we can begin coming together if we are feeling comfortable with crowds and we're We're feeling healthy. But here we see that the disciples weren't just together in one space. They were together in the knowledge that they were connected to Jesus. You see, they were together knowing that Jesus had died for each and every one of them, that his love was true, that his forgiveness was real, and that hope they had was not fleeting. It was a hope for tomorrow and for eternity. And so together, they found strength in that community, just as we do, worshiping together virtually, and as we will together in a few weeks, in person, and also virtually. They were strengthened that by that that aspect of knowing that they weren't alone, that Jesus was with them. And then the Holy Spirit comes into the picture— And it prepared them for a change that was about to happen. 
In Acts 2.4, we read, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit came into their lives because they were connected to Jesus, because of the community they had, and prepared them for what was to come next. And what was to come next for the disciples was they were able to speak in languages they didn't know. They had no idea. And this isn't just like saying konnichiwa or mushi mushi in, in Japanese or guten morgen in German or things like that. These are dialogues enough that people could hear them in the streets come and hear what they were saying in their own languages. The Holy Spirit works in miraculous ways and in, in various ways. And he continues to work in our lives to put us, put us in circumstances that we're ready for in order to be witnesses of Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be ready for change. And believe me, change is coming to the world around us. There, there is not a way that I can see that the world shuts down for two months and then opens back up to be the same as it was. But that's not something to feel isolated about or uncertain about. Because we know that the Spirit's going to work through us in these circumstances. Being ready for change led to a circumstance for the disciples, and it leads for circumstances for us as well, to become witnesses for Christ. You see, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Peter is not standing there guessing and trying to check what he's going to say and, and writing out all of it and, and spending hours preparing. But what he is doing is he's, he's letting the Spirit lead him. We know that the Spirit works in miraculous ways in many ways. And, and one of those is to prepare our hearts for those times in our lives where we find ourselves being able to connect other people to Jesus to share about his love and his forgiveness, his body and blood, which brings about that promise for us. And Peter does it by speaking to the people around him about things they already knew, about ways that he was connected to Jesus, his experiences, the words he had heard, and the things he knew about his Savior, about Jesus. He uses the words of Joel. He uses the words of King David in a way that connects the people around him to Jesus. And he was able to do that from his front porch. He was able to connect people from all over the world. At times in our lives, we find ourselves hearing stories of how people are connected to Jesus. How people are sharing their story of not being alone, of being connected to Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just like 
Grandma Jean was. They might not be those exact words like they were for Grandma Jean. You are not alone. But those are the underlying current. You are not alone. You're connected to Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Which means, no matter what happens in this life, you are not alone. Being connected to Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're able to look at the world around us a little bit differently. And at times, we don't see ourselves as witnesses, which Jesus called us to be in Acts 1. We don't see ourselves as someone who has a story to share like Grandma Jean. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, you do have that story. You do have that connection. You see, people all around you find themselves in chairs just like this, feeling alone and uncertain about the world around them. It might be your barista. It might be your barber. It might be your kids, your spouse, your family, your coworker. It might be a stranger that you come across on the street. The world around us is finding itself feeling isolated and uncertain. But there is good news and there is hope. Just as there is hope for you and I, there is hope for them. Our hope comes in knowing that we are not alone. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Creator. How is God going to use you to share that story, share those words with people, and help them connect? Knowing that we are loved and forgiven allows us to share that with the people around us, to share those words. You are not alone. Being not alone. We're right alongside those early Jesus followers, strengthened through the community that they have, ready for change in whatever comes our way in the world. And we become witnesses for Christ, sharing his love and forgiveness and bringing hope into the lives of those around us. All because we know, we don't just hear We don't just read, but we know, we know that we are not alone. Christ is at work in our lives, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to know those words are meant for us. You, we are not alone. Amen.